Well, good afternoon, Croesokaneth. Very warm welcome. And it is a very warm welcome today. Take a seat for a moment. It's been a joy to be down at the voting club, blessing the vote for another year and saying thank you to the crew for all their hard work on behalf of the community. And it's lovely now to be with you here. Just a few announcements before we begin. Later in the month, on the 24th of July, we look forward to welcoming Bishop Greg Brewer. Bishop is the, uh, Greg is the Bishop of Central Florida in the United States of America. He's coming to the United Kingdom for the Lambeth Conference of Anglican Bishops, something that happens every 10 years at the invitation of the Archbishop of Canterbury. But before he goes to Lambeth for the conference, he's looking forward to a, a warm Welsh welcome, spending a few days with us here in the parish. So on Sunday, the 24th of July, there's going to be a special service for the bishop at 11 o'clock in St. Catherine's. If you're able to join us, it would be really good to have your company. And after the service, there'll be a bring and share lunch in the hall. So if you'd like to come and you're bringing something with you and you're able to do that, there's a list at the back, so please make a note of what you plan to bring with you. It'd be lovely to welcome the bishop and to enjoy some fellowship together. So let's then begin with our first hymn. Let's stand together. Be thou my guardian and my guide. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Grace and peace be with you. So let's pray together. Father of glory, holy and eternal, in power and mercy, 
May your strength overcome our weakness, your radiance transform our blindness, and your spirit draw us to that love shown and offered to us by your Son, our Saviour, Jesus Christ. Amen. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Let's sit then for the confession. Jesus said that we should love the Lord our God with all our heart, with all our soul, our mind and strength. And we should love one another as he has loved us. Mindful then of all those times when we fail to live and love as Jesus did, let's confess together. Heavenly Father, we have sinned in thought, word and deed, and to fail to do what we ought to have done. We are sorry and truly repent for the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, who died for us. Forgive us all that is past and lead us in his way to walk as children of light. Amen. Almighty God, who forgives all who truly repent, have mercy on you and set you free from sin, strengthen you in goodness, and keep you in eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. So as forgiven people, we're going to stand now and celebrate that forgiveness with the words of the Gloria. Glory to God in the highest, and peace to his people on earth. Lord God, Heavenly King, Almighty God and Father, we worship you, we give you thanks, we praise you for our glory. Lord Jesus Christ, only Son of the Father, Lord God, Lamb of God, you take away the sins of the world. Have mercy on us. You are seated at the right hand of the Father. Receive our prayer. For you alone are the Holy One. You alone are the Lord. You alone are the Most High, Jesus Christ, with the Holy Spirit, in the glory of God the Father. Amen. Let us pray. Lead us, Lord, with, I, with your gracious favour and further us with your continual help so that all our works begun, continued and ended in you might always seek to glorify your holy name. And finally, by your mercy, we may obtain eternal life. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. The first reading today comes from Psalms 107, verses 23 to 31. Some went out on the sea in ships. They were merchants on the mighty waters. They saw the works of the Lord, his wonderful deeds in the deep. For he spoke and stirred up a tempest that lifted high the waves. They mounted up to the heavens and went down to the depths. In the peril, their courage melted away. They reeled and staggered like drunkards. They were at their wits' ends. Then they cried out to the Lord in their trouble, and he brought them out of their distress. He stilled the storm to a whisper. The waves of the sea were hushed. 
They were glad when he grew calm, and he guided them to their desired haven. Let them give thanks to the Lord for his unfailing love and his wonderful deeds for mankind. These are the words of the Lord. reading from St. Paul's letter to the Colossians, chapter 1, verses 1 to 14. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus, by the will of God, and Timothy, our brother, to God's holy people in Colossae, the faithful brothers and sisters in Christ, grace and peace to you from God our Father. We always thank you, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, when we pray to you because we have heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and of the love you have for all God's people. The faith and love that spring from the hope stored up for you in heaven and about which you have already heard in the true message of the gospel that has come to you. In the same way, the gospel is bearing fruit and growing throughout the whole world, just as it has been doing among you since the day you heard it and truly understood God's grace. You heard it from Epap learned it from Epaphras, our dear fellow servant, who is a faithful minister of Christ on our behalf, and who also told us of your love in the Spirit. For this reason, since the day we heard about you, we have not stopped praying for you. We continually ask God to fill you with the knowledge of his will through all the wisdom and understanding that the Spirit gives, so that you may live a life worthy of the Lord and please him in every way, bearing fruit in every good work and growing in the knowledge of God, being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might, so that you may have great endurance and patience, and giving joyful thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of his holy people in the kingdom of light. For he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of, this, of the Son that he loves, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. This is the word of the Lord. Listen to the Gospel of Christ according to St. Luke, chapter 10, from verse 25. On one occasion, an expert in the law stood up to test Jesus. Teacher, he said, what must I do to inherit eternal life? What is written in the law, Jesus replied, how do you read it? He answered, Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength and with all your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. You have answered correctly, Jesus replied. Do this and you will live. But he wanted to justify himself. So he asked Jesus, And who is my neighbor? In reply, Jesus said, 
a man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho when he was attacked by robbers. They stripped him of his clothes, beat him, and went away, leaving him half dead. A priest happened to be going down the same road, and when he saw the man, he passed by on the other side. So to a Levite, when he came to the place and saw him, passed by on the other side. But a Samaritan, as he traveled, came where the man was, and when he saw him, he took pity on him. He went to him and bandaged his wounds, pouring on oil and wine. Then he put the man on his own donkey, brought him to an inn, and took care of him. The next day he took out two denarii and gave them to the innkeeper. Look after him, he said, and when I return, I will reimburse you for any extra expense you may have. Which of these three do you think was a neighbor to the man who fell into the hands of robbers? The expert in the law replied, hmm, the one who had mercy on him. Jesus told him, go and do likewise. This is the gospel of the Lord. Oh God, help us to listen to your word with understanding, to receive it with faith, and to obey it with courage, for Jesus Christ's sake. Amen. Paul writes to the Christians of Colossae that he is praying for them and asking that they may be filled with the knowledge of God's will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding so that they may lead lives worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to him, bearing fruit in every good work and growing in the knowledge of God. It's quite a list. In fact, it would be quite a good thing for us to be aiming at as a congregation or a parish. And it might not be such a bad thing if we set it as a personal target, that we prayed for one another, that each of us may be filled with the knowledge of God's will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding, that we may lead lives worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to him, and bearing fruit in every good work as you grow in the knowledge of God. It's quite an agenda, isn't it? I leave you to take that one away and think about it. It's maybe one for the fridge door, if you have fridge door inscriptions, not just, you know, buy more butter or whatever it is. But alongside that, I'd like to introduce you to a sort of nightmare of mine. It's a nightmare which involves the rescue boat. And you can imagine, can't you, the Lacher boat going out, maybe on a cold winter's day. The light is fading, the water is cold, and it's almost time when they're going to have, in all common sense, to give up and go home, when they sight something in the water. And they move over 
and throw out a life jacket. At which point, the coxswain produces a clipboard and leans over and says, now, excuse me, um, a few questions just before we do anything else. I need to know, is this situation your own fault? Do you deserve to be saved? Can you justify that? And the bottom line, do you have relevant insurance or can you afford to pay for the rescue? You can see why it's a nightmare, can't you? I would hate to think that that would ever happen. Yes, of course, most of the people who need the help of the lifeboat have done something which might not have been terribly wise or have made a mistake or misread a tide table or whatever. But that isn't the point. A lifeboat, even a life hovercraft, if that's the term, I'm not quite sure if that's official yet or if they found something else, it's there so that volunteers who deserve a, a round of applause and a lot of support can go and rescue people whose only qualification is that they need rescuing. And as Jesus tells his story in the gospel I've just read to you, you can see that something's going on. His questioner wants to know how he can limit the calls on his sympathy. Who is my neighbor translates as, who do I have to help? Come on, be reasonable. Who can I leave out? And it wouldn't have been difficult to read the story like that. I mean, come on, the traveler from Jerusalem to Jericho is a prize fool. Everybody knows that road is dangerous. He should have waited for a caravan to travel together. He should have paid for security. He should have taken a weapon. He should have hired a couple of hefty fellows with clubs. What do you expect? Well, luckily, the Samaritan has forgotten his clipboard. And he doesn't say, excuse me, do you qualify? He says, you're in a mess. I think you need help. And the point of Jesus' story is not about foreigners, even though Jews normally hated Samaritans and Samaritans normally hated Jews. It's not about the danger of religious tradition, even though the priest may be saying, if he's dead, I'm unclean. I don't think I can risk it. He's probably dead, really, isn't he? Well, if he isn't dead yet, he soon will be. Nor is it about the temptation to think that duty can go the wrong way. I've got to be in the temple. I'm on duty in the temple. I'm going to be late for my shift. They're relying on me. I'm sorry, mate, I can't possibly stop. No. What Jesus 
is wanting to say is that when you want to know who your neighbor is, it's not about limiting the demands of love. It's not about making it manageable or even economical. No. Jesus' story is saying you've got not to look to limit the people who need your help. The Christian life says you look for the opportunities to help. That's what it's about. If we know ourselves to be loved and forgiven, despite not deserving it, despite not being able to pay for it, despite it being our fault that we got into a mess in the first place, if we are loved and forgiven by the grace of God and the sacrifice of Jesus, then our response is to look for opportunities to help and pass on the love we've received. And that's a profoundly Christian idea. There are groups of people who see no reason to bother to offer to help anyone. There are some parts of the world where the local culture sees no reason to be embarrassed about saying, they're poor, it's their own fault, you needn't bother. They're in need, well, it's not your job. And thank God that ours is not a place like that, at least not yet. Because it is a very important overflow of the Christian tradition that we think about charity. That word, charity, means love. And what does it mean in our society? It means being nice to people in need. And it means some sort of organization set up to do something practical about love for people who need loving. There are always challenges. There are lots of challenges to precisely that idea now. People who are asking, do I have to bother? Why should I risk my anything at all if other people are so stupid? What if they're criminals? I wouldn't want to get a thief out of the estuary. What if they're terrorists? What if they're foreigners? Shouldn't there be a charge for rescue? Am I my brother's keeper? You may remember the last question. Uh, it was God and Cain, and God had a fairly definite answer to the question. No. The story of the Good Samaritan is perhaps almost too well known, and we gloss over it. But Jesus is not inviting us to make a modest contribution to charity because God is generally a good thing and in favor of that sort of thing. Much more extreme than that. Jesus tells us of a father in heaven who longs to rescue 
those in need, simply because they are in need. And Jesus himself is the rescue. Once we learn to see ourselves as those who are cold, soaked to the skin, hauled out of the estuary by the skin of our teeth, then we're in a position not to become do-gooders, but to be generous people, ready to serve, even at our own cost, even in inconvenience or hopefully not danger, to reflect what God has done for us. Rescue is what God does. And those who know they benefit are invited to be generous and to help. Amen. So let's stand then to affirm our faith with the words of the Creed. We believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all that is seen and unseen. We believe in one Lord, Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, eternally begotten of the Father, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten not made, of one being with the Father. Through him all things were made. For us and for our salvation he came down from heaven. By the power of the Holy Spirit, he became incarnate of the Virgin Mary and was made man. For our sake, he was crucified under Pontius Pilate. He suffered death and was buried. On the third day, he rose again in accordance with the scriptures. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead and his kingdom will have no end. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son is worshipped and glorified, who has spoken through the prophets. We believe in one holy, Catholic, and apostolic church. We acknowledge one baptism for the forgiveness of sins. We look for the resurrection of the dead, and the life of the world to come. Amen. Take a seat, and Jill is going to come forward and lead us in our prayers. Gwethion. Father God, we thank you for the courage, steadfastness, and devotion of those who serve at sea. We pray for those who work to keep our seaways safe and open. We pray for all those who give their time and energy to crew our lifeboats and save those in danger. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We thank you that our Christian family extends around the world. 
Today, we pray for the Church of the Province of Uganda, which has a project this year to encourage family prayer. Closer to home, we pray this week for the ministry area of Penderi. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We pray too for our church here, for our vicar, Adrian, and our bishop, John, that under their leadership, we may be filled with the knowledge of God's will and grow in the knowledge of God. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We pray for our country, for the choosing of a new prime minister, for honesty and generosity to be shown by the candidates, and for a new leader who will lead the country in the ways of justice and peace. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We pray for those living in poverty, for the homeless, for refugees and asylum seekers, that they may receive help and support, recognizing that we may sometimes be part of that support. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We remember before you all who are ill in hospital or at home and those who care for them. We pray for all who mourn that they may be comforted. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We pray that we may take better care of God's world learning to avoid waste and value the life around us. For you, God, are our God and creator, and indeed, the Lord of sea and sky. Merciful Father, accept these prayers for the sake of your Son, our Saviour, Jesus Christ. Sitting in a boat with his disciples in the middle of a storm, Jesus was asleep, but awakened by the disciples, he got up and stilled the storms, saying to the disciples, peace be with you. So the peace of the Lord be with you always. Let's share a sign of that peace together.
Blessed are you, Lord God of all creation. Through your goodness we have this bread to offer, which earth have given and human hands have made. It will become for us the bread of life. Blessed are you, Lord God of all creation. Through your goodness we have this wine to offer, fruit of the vine and work of human hands. It will become for us our spiritual drink. The Lord be with you. And also with you. Lift up your hearts. Lift them to God. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. True and living God, the source of life for all creation, you made us in your own image always and everywhere we give you thanks through Jesus Christ our Lord. In your love for us and in the fullness of time, you sent your Son to be our Saviour, the Word made flesh. He has lived among us, and we've seen his glory. For our sins and for the sins of the whole world, he suffered death on the cross. You exalted him to life in triumph and exalted him in glory. Through him, you sent your Holy Spirit upon your church, and you made us your people. Therefore, with angels and archangels and all the company of heaven, we praise your glorious name. Holy, holy, holy Lord, God of power and might, heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Let us pray. Blessed are you, almighty God, because on the night that he was betrayed, the Lord Jesus took bread. And when he had given you thanks, he broke it, gave it to his disciples and said, Take, eat, this is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup. And when he had given you thanks, he gave it to them and said, Drink from this, all of you. This cup is the new covenant in my blood, poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. Let us proclaim the mystery of faith. Christ has died. Christ is risen. Christ will come in glory. Therefore, loving God, recalling now the sacrifice of Christ your Son once and for all upon the cross and the triumph of his resurrection, we ask you to accept this, our sacrifice of praise. Send your Holy Spirit on us and on these your gifts that we may be fed with the body and blood of your Son and filled with his life and goodness. Unite us in Christ, give us your peace that we may do your work and be his body in the world. Through him, with him and in him, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, all honour and glory are yours, almighty Father, forever and ever. Amen. So as our Saviour Jesus Christ has taught us, we are bold to say, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, 
on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. We break this bread to share in the body of Christ. Jesus, Lamb of God. Draw near and receive the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ given for you. Feed on him in your hearts by faith and with thanksgiving.
Give thanks to the Lord, for he is gracious. God of truth, we have seen with our eyes and touched with our hands the bread of life. Strengthen our faith that we may grow in love for you and for each other. Through Jesus Christ, our risen Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you. The peace of God, which passes all understanding, keep your hearts and your minds in the knowledge and love of God and of his Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord, and the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit be upon you and remain with you always. Amen. Go in peace to love and serve the Lord.